0: You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of The Techie and the Cowboy. So my name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. All right. and Today we're talking about what is a personal relationship with God. You know, T.W. had some questions about, uh, you know, God and the relationship with God and how it is. So we thought we'd talk about it. So T.W., talk a little bit about what your questions are, and then we'll kick the intro and we'll get this thing started.
1: Well, one of the things that uh, drives this question for me is that a lot of the people that are, you know, colleagues of mine and uh, friends of mine at church continuously talking about their personal relationship with God as though they're sitting down at a Starbucks having coffee with him and, you know, tossing information back and forth and getting to know him as, you know, as, as a being and that kind of stuff. And that is just so foreign to the way that I grew up and the way my concept is. And so my question to you was, can we talk about this? Because I'm having trouble identifying with what my friends are saying.
0: And I figure there's some people in the same boat. So we're gonna talk about what's the difference between knowing God, what's the difference between knowing about God, and what's the difference between having a personal relationship with God. But before we get started, you know we gotta kick that awesome Techie and the Cowboy intro, so drop it.
1: And now, a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours, the Techie
0: and the Cowboy. All right, all right. So now we're back and we're talking about, you know, having a personal relationship with God and what does that look like? Because let's start with what's the difference between knowing God and knowing about God? So TW, talk about kind of what your background is and what really, uh, you know, made you start. Thinking about this concept, I love your 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 vision of whatever it is that you had your first revelation <laughs> of a bigger God.
1: Well, it it uh, I heard someone say one time, and I think there's a lot of truth to it that the way that you relate to God is very similar to the way that you relate to your own earthly father. Hmm. My father uh, was a lieutenant colonel in the army, then went into private practice as a veterinarian. I myself went to a military school when I was in high school from 14 to 18, the formative years. Then I went into the uh, Air Force uh, after I got out of uh, of college. So I have been around military organizations. I lived in a military town, San Antonio. So, and then with my father was a little bit more of a formal person, you know, very much a presence, very powerful presence, very... um, educated, very smart. So I always viewed God in the way that he was like the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. (laughs) He was like the top of this big army of angels and cherubs and, you know, all, you know, all that stuff. And what I was uh, saying before was when, you know, when I was a little bit younger, I used to be a very avid uh, skier. And I remember one time, and I was very, I know specifically where it was. It was uh, at the top of the hill at Park City, Utah. And I skied up to this one point, and you could look out over the valley uh, that was out before you, and there was snow everywhere, and it was a you know, clear blue sky, and it was you know it was in the morning. It was a little cold, and we were at altitude and that kind of thing. And I just looked up, and I just felt the majesty of the whole world. And I said, and I said, you know, it was God that created this world. He is there, you know, somewhere in the sky kind of thing. And he is omniscient, all powerful, you know, the head of creation. And he is so big to do all this stuff. And that's how I view him. His son came down as man, which was a really big step for me thinking about sitting across the table at Starbucks with God, the father, it just doesn't compute. How can you go from all this to some guy sitting across the table with you and say, yeah, you know, I was thinking what you should do is X, Y, Z.
0: <laughs> One of the things I love asking people, especially people of faith, like I love spirit leaders and faith leaders and people who are in position where it is that they're considered a faith leader is asking them how they view God and how that has shifted over the their lifetime, right? Because you have different viewpoints of God. I've had some people that I meet that have had a, come from a fire and brimstone church background where God is that judgmental guy in the sky who it is that will smite you anytime it is you do something wrong. Uh, you know, maybe it was because it was a, from a control standpoint, their parents said, God is going to get you and use it very much as a punishment thing. You better do this or else God will get you. You better do this or else God's going to. You better follow the Bible or else God's going to, you know, and use it in that way. And so they come from this this standpoint of looking at God as a punishing God and not a rewarding God. God will not do anything to you as long as you do well. But if you do something bad he's going to, to strike you down and then there's some people that come from uh a, a, you know god is love god is hope like if you listen to i was listening it's funny because i love gospel music and i was listening to a lot of gospel songs but it's very much a god pulled me out of this situation type of thing everything is i'm going through this struggle lord help me type of songs. And I get it. They're they're going after a, maybe a market, who it is that needs to be able to hear that. And the songs bring them out of that place. But where's the other side of it? Where's the other side of a loving God, a caring God, a rewarding God, a God who loves you? One of the ways that I was able to, what you said, like I couldn't picture God both being up in the sky, being this mighty majestic person, but then also coming down and loving me one-on-one. And uh, I remember hearing either a preacher or in some of my personal development reading that God is omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the same time. And that's hard for our brains to be able to comprehend because we see it as somebody being here and somebody being there, or somebody t- you know handling you and then handling the next person. But no, he is an omnipresent force That's everywhere at the same time, meaning that he's caring for me at the same time that he's caring for you in the way that only God can. And that kind of helped begin to me to wrap my brain around how he can be as big as he is. But he could also where I could talk to him one on one and feel like he's really hearing and answering my prayers. Otherwise, I don't know if you remember that that Bruce Almighty where it is that he got to be, you know, for a day. It was either God for the day or whatever else. And he's trying to answer all the emails and all the prayers. See, that's a, a linear view of what God is. That's saying that he's a one person trying to do all this stuff instead of an omnipresent view of who God is. And that helped me do the shift. And the other thing is when I started to have a relationship with God myself, whenever I started to treat him like he was a friend, you know, it's the, it, and I heard, again, and church is, is a good place for me. I treat it like a buffet. I take what I need and I leave what I don't. So I'm never offended or whatever else by whatever I hear because I'm looking for God to speak to me through the pastor that I'm listening to, the church that I attend, the spiritual thing that I attend. So I just, I take it at that, you know? And, and I remember hearing that God wants to have a loving relationship with you. He yearns for that relationship with you. That was such a comforting thought and perspective for me I really wrapped my arms around that. And that began to be the basis for me uh, loving and looking for that relationship with God and just growing it as it went along. It was, it's been a process and I'm still in the process of finding that, but the closer I get to him, the the better I feel about coming to him with whatever it is that I have.
1: Well, there, there's two notions that were prompted by what you have just said. One is that because he's omnipresent omniscient knows everything he's is everywhere and that kind of thing and i have heard you know a number of biblical scholar type people in my orb talk about we can never fully know comprehend yeah yeah about god so it's one of those things that and for me you know it's one of those things are you just accepting that uh that premise we said say, well, if I can't fully understand him, I'll just take what I got and that's as good as it's going to get, you know, without like working to to do more. And even in the serious attempts that I've made to study some of the books and some of the scriptures, kind of like in some ways I find it more confusing than others.
0: <laughs>
1: well, when, uh, when we talk about a personal relationship with God, that means an individual relationship with God. That makes me think about, he gave me a set of DNA that is unique to me. You know, if, if we left a blood sample, you left a blood sample, you know, the FBI could tell which one it was because it's very distinct between the two of us. And we are not exactly alike. That's the way that God made us. So what that says is that my personal relationship with God logically is different than your personal relationship with God at the really nitty gritty level, not that macro level, but you know, when it comes down to it, the way that you relate to it reflects all of your life experience that he gave you and, and the way that you were taught and your belief system. And mine is slightly different. That's not to say you're right, I'm wrong or vice versa. It just says it is different, unique, and you should follow your uniqueness to where that leads you in your relationship with the almighty
0: God. Yeah, that's part of your spiritual journey. That's that. I mean, that is your spiritual journey. It's your spiritual journey from wherever it is that God needs to take you to the bounce back to you getting uh, feeling separated from Him, like we talked about in a previous podcast, to Him always being there for whenever it is that you're ready to come back. To how it is that you were brought up, to the people that you're going to affect, to how he's going to be able to use the circumstances in your life to be able to bless others, whether they're good or bad. Think about all the people who it is that have went through really, really terrible things in their life, but now are helping so many people through their testimony. These are all part of you making personal decisions, and God helping you to get back to the path that He had for you all along. But going back to what you said about, you know, it's hard for you to be able to wrap your mind around uh, who God is. It goes. It kind of reminds me of that old myth, and it's been proven as a myth that we only use 10% of our brain, right? So you say, if I'm only using 10% of my brain, do I just be happy with the 10% that I'm using? Or do I strive to to be the one that's going to use 15 or 20 or whatever else? And like I said, it's a myth that you don't actually just use 10% of your brain. But you know, there's a study that says like 65% of Americans think that that's true, because it's been so widely said over and over again, I kind of look at, you know, trying to discover who God is and, and wrap my arms around who God is in that same way. I'm focused on building my spiritual journey and my spiritual growth, the spiritual relationship with God. And then he reveals to me in different ways how magnificent he is. So you said yours happened whenever it is that you said you were on a ski lift, right? Whenever it is that you had the, the big revelation. Uh, one of them I've had many, but one of them was when I was standing at the edge of the grand Canyon and you are looking at this amazing, beautiful, spectacular place on this earth that just, has God written all over it? You know, for, yeah. it's hard. What's hard for me to comprehend is how it is that, because I'm not the scientific mind, how it is that you could say a couple of atoms banged together and created all of this and all of its complexity and all of its uh, magnificence, all from everything down to the little bugs that they're still to, you know, discovering new types of bugs and new animals and new this and new that. And this all happened because some atoms banged together and it made all of this. That is hard for me, knowing what I know about God, to be able to comprehend right? I get it. Some people have to have some proof in order for them to be able to, because they don't have the belief system that we have. I get how it is that they can believe that, but it's hard for me to believe that just as hard as it is for them to believe in an omnipresent God. Does that make sense? But whenever I get signs and signals, and I see God moving in people's lives, and I see God moving in my life, and even in my kids' lives, and babies' lives, and even watching Alec growing up with a belief system that's stronger than some of the adults that I know, and watching his unwavering belief uh, gives me strength to believe who God is and what it is. But like you said, it's everybody's individual journey, and you never can take away from that. That's why I think that whenever it comes to spirit leaders, thought leaders, and churches being judgmental of where people are in their faith. I think that's more damaging than it is helpful because everybody has their own spiritual faith journey. It's not up to you to say it has to be this way. You have to go this way and be very strict about how it is that you are supposed to do your faith. I think that you could be a guide and that's what we strive to do on here is just to be able to talk about it. Maybe something uh, resonates with you that, that it just has been on your mind, but it resonates with you at a different level. But we're just giving thoughts and guides of how it's been for us, right? In hopes that we can get out there and, and help somebody who it is that's struggling or needs some, some guidance. I was watching a movie the
1: other day. I can't tell you which one it was. It was, you know, when HBO has their free weekend or whatever. Um, And it was set in medieval times. and These guys were in the basement of the castle and they were walking down uh, this hallway and they went through this one door and they went down a little bit more. And there was another door that they could go through that had been left ajar and they were actually following someone. They they said, Oh, he must've been through this door. And I said to myself, that's exactly how I see my journey with God. He doesn't meet me in Starbucks. He just leaves doors ajar and says, Hey, stupid. Follow me this way, <laughs> so now i 'm you know mature enough, I go, okay, this door was open for a reason i 'll go through that. Let me give you an example in the last year, you know that I have been involved with taking some of the writing i 've done and try to make it into a screenplay right and so I started off at the recommendation of a, you know, of a friend of mine at this real tiny little class that was taught at an art museum downtown. And the class was kind of hokey and there was one six-week session and there was another six-week session. And then the lady who was teaching it says, you should uh, get some classes by this other lady that I taught when she was younger. And she happened to be at the, a school that I used to go to. So I re-upped with the school and I went there and the class was okay. So now I am taking this class from a very professional teacher, writer who has experience and stuff. And I said to myself the other day, where was this guy a year ago when i started out this is the kind of stuff that i needed and then i sat back well actually i was walking when i was thinking about this and it was kind of like the spirit talked to me and said you know hello <laughs> you weren't ready that's why i kept you on this path and didn't throw you into the into the big stuff because you weren't ready for it you are now because you've got little fundamentals and you've got questions as opposed to being overwhelmed with all the good stuff you would have had. So I smiled and said, that's just like God, to lead me the way that he knows is best for me, rather than the choice I would have made myself.
0: And you being open to to follow that path and even recognize that versus being frustrated again, or looking at it as God was punishing you in some different way, has to do with your growth and your your relationship with him, right?
1: but here's here's the thing. You know I've always said, you know if he would just send me, well I started off by saying, you know, uh, if he would send me a fax, and then you know he then if he would then if he would send, if, then if he would send me a, a text. Or now, if you know, if he would video conference me, you know, kind of thing. I'll just, you know, I'm good at following instructions. Okay, Walter, I need you for you to do A, B, C today. You know, that's, you know, there's no real way to live at that point. You
0: become a robot. Yeah, so, and, and it would take away free will, right? He, you had to, and you wouldn't learn anything. You would just be, uh, <laughs> be following the system. But I love your your analogy that you used of him opening up doors for you. I think that's a big portion of your relationship with God. That's it's not taking away from the one-on-one him. Uh, sitting down and having that one-on-one relationship with you i think he that's part of what god does for us the blessings that he gives to us is that he gives us a path to follow whether it is that we see it or not has to do with how close we are to him and how we're paying attention and if it is that we're intentionally trying to do what we want versus being open to what the spirit has us led to be able to do sometimes even when we hear the spirit we don't want to do it. we're like really you want us to no." No, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's what as I want to go. You know, you hear these people who drop their whole lives and then they go and they do amazing things with their lives and they're open to what the spirit has to, to say to them. And it would be easier for them to say, you know what? I like my house. I like my six figure income. I like what it is that I'm doing and you want me to be a little bit too uncomfortable guys. So you know, let's, let's take my life and, and find a different way that's more comfortable for me to be able to do what I need to do. You know what I mean? So depending on how open you are to the spirit, But with that being said, I believe that him opening up paths and doors for you is one part of a relationship. You seeking to have a relationship with him is the next part of building a relationship with God. At least it was for me, right? So me knowing him, uh, we talked about this in many different episodes, known in my whole entire life, grew up in the church. I knew who God was. I knew about God and how it is that I become accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior whenever I was very, very young. And so I always knew I was going to heaven. I knew God and I knew about God. I knew about the Bible and the Bible verses, and I could sing you the songs I grew up with in church and everything else like that, and studied and became a Stephen minister and all that kind of stuff, which is great. But that relationship with God, I think there's so much more in that, once it is that I started to know that that existed, first of all, like knew that having a relationship with God existed and started going down that journey, that's been the most fulfilling part of my spiritual life is really yearning and always finding ways to be able to be open to that relationship and grow that relationship. And now, like in this podcast, spread the ability to be able to have that relationship to others, I think is part of Both you and I, and that's why we're doing this, is part of our journey, teaching people how it is to be able to to do that. Why not, right?
1: Right. But following with the uh, mindset that that I have and using that analogy about the Joint Chiefs, uh, if I'm a good captain, colonel, major, you know, in the service, how well do I have to be close friends with the chairman in order to be a good soldier in that army? No, I mean, it's kind of like, I do what I do, because, you know, this is what I'm, you know, I've been led to do and this kind of stuff. So how close do I have to get to command for me to function the way that I should? In other words, am I shirking my duty by not spending more time doing this, as opposed to
0: spending my time being the soldier. And again, square peg round hole thing, trying to fit God into something that we could perceive, because that's how it is our brains work. In order for us to be able to feel okay with something, we have to try and understand what it is. So we try and fit it into something that relates with our current life. So you coming from a military background, it just is natural that you do the, you know, the structure and everything else like that. But then that's whenever I go back to the omnipresent thing, right? The fact that he is love. I mean the Bible says God is love, right? So how do you become love or how do you love somebody that's whenever you look at all the different spiritual leaders that people follow they have to, you have to do something to be able to get to their love and they have to love you whereas god is love he is love he is what love is he's omnipresent he's every place at one time there's no way i could comprehend that so instead of trying to comprehend that try and try to fit him into a figure like my dad or a figure like all the amazing leaders that i've had and then try and comprehend them on that level I put that aside for a little bit, and then just tried to strive to talk to him as it is I would have fret, and opening my heart to that and getting responses and seeing that have ripple effects in my life. I think that began to take that those layers off.
1: Plus, it's kind of easy to do what they what the psychologists call projection, where you project yourself into certain things. It's kind of like I've attributed to God uh, a sense of humor or a sense of irony. Because, you know, I'm I'm a little bit of a, a jokester myself. Let me give you an example. So I'm doing the, I'm, I'm basically creating a new story for this stuff I'm working on. And so I decided to name my old character a new character. And in my thought process and my creativity, which is where I think the spirit really talks to me, I said, oh, his name should be Gideon because Gideon works with, you know, this thing. So then I started reading, go back and reading. I said, okay, Gideon and I studied about him a long time ago. Let me go look it up. You know, Gideon was the person who didn't doubt God, but he kept on saying, God, give me a sign. God gives him a sign. Yeah, 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 okay. Give me another sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. He said, it's still a, like, you're not convinced? Hey, you know, sneak over to their tent and listen to what they're saying about you, the enemy's tent. He goes, oh, okay, God, I got it. So I yeah, thinking, thanks. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, so, you know, did I come up with that character so that I would then be led to study more about this guy who was having – uh uh, trouble with his relationship with god and uh, asking for signs and that kind of stuff i went oh of course yeah might as well call him gideon the cowboy because
0: <laughs> and I, th- I I definitely think god has a sense of humor but i think that he has different ways of leading us to what it is that we need to know so that was your route to be able to understand where it is that you're at inside of your relationship with them why not but so so where do we go from here so where, like somebody's looking to be able to have a relationship with God. Somebody is looking to be able to, maybe you don't have any relationship with God. Well, I think it starts by putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your savior and accepting him as your savior first. That's the way that you get into heaven. That's the way that you actually start your foundation. And then you begin your spiritual journey of discovering who it is. But say, let's say it is that you're a quote unquote seasoned believer, right? So you've been a believer for a long time, but you never had that, like you, TW, never had that personal relationship with God. I just say start talking to him. Why not? Start talking to him as if it is a person and ask him for what it is that you want. Say, "Lord, I would love to be able to have more relationship with you. Please help me to be open to what it is that you have in my spirit. Put it in my heart." And guess what? It's not going to be like day 1 he's going to start picking up the phone and be like, "Hey, Alistair, how's it going? I've been waiting for this call." You know, it's a, it doesn't necessarily happen like that. I believe, kind of like your character in the book, TW, he has different ways of showing us that he's there and different ways of showing us where it is that he wants to go. But what happens is, as you become more open to what the Spirit has in store for you, you start to be able to recognize and see more and more ways that he could be present in your life. And I'm telling you, when those moments happen, it's, I've had times where it's brought me to emotion because it, seeing how God is blessed in my life and following his path, and sometimes even going through the valleys and then coming out and then seeing the blessings that were in store that I had to go through those valleys just like you going through the class that you didn't need to get to the class that you need. Sometimes he's preparing you. He's putting you in a season where he's preparing you so you can fully accept and fully use responsibly the blessing that he has bestowed upon you.
1: Well, one of the, one of the things that I'm very attuned to was the fact that when God speaks to you, it's kind of like you said, you talk to him and stuff. And kind of like, so you wait for the answer and, unless you know, you're not on the phone with him kind of thing. So the, the question then becomes, how do you know when God is speaking back to you after you've spoken to him, ask the question, whatever. One of the things that I accept is that he speaks to me through other people talking
0: to me. Mm-hmm. All the time. So,
1: yeah, for example, I was relating this story about Gideon and my journey finding this out. And the guy that I talked to happened to be very educated about that part of the old testament the man boom he took off he he just started telling me this 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 and this which i had read but he knew it like off the top of his head and i didn't but he reinforced some of the things because this is what he said he said isn't it amazing how god selected people that you wouldn't have chosen yourself. He picked people who were fighting him to do what it is he wanted to do. As opposed to saying, Gideon, I gave you two shots. Get out of here. I'm going to go find Hosea and get him to win this battle for me. But no, God chose the people that he did that were imperfect and worked with them until they saw what God wanted from them and then did it. And so I thought, well, that was a you know it's almost like having a you know an initial sermon you know on a friday, uh and so it's kind of like I got that message, and so I said to myself, that wasn't Bobby talking to me, that was God <laughs> talking to me <laughs> You're like, okay, okay, you know oh, all right mm-hmm. uh, okay. you, know, you know where I am in my journey and uh, even though I am imperfect, and this is what I want to convey, that even though we struggle with the fact that we are not perfect, that we are still struggling, look at in the Bible, look at who God chose to do his will. And it wasn't the all-stars necessarily. Right.
0: That's it. That's a beautiful thing. And this I love this because I've seen the exact same thing happen in my life, talking about God speaking through other people. One of my mentors, we were going through a really challenging part of our business, right? Uh, and we couldn't understand. And I, I knew that he was very faith-based. And I went to him, and I was like, "Like, I'm completely, totally lost at what to do and everything else like that." And he said to me, "He's like, I know it's hard to be able to see it now. I know it's hard to be able to understand it now. But this big change that just happened in your life that you don't understand why it's happening, God is doing that to make you uncomfortable because He has something bigger in store, but you're not seeing." what it is that he has for you. So the only way that he could get your attention is to make you extremely uncomfortable. So that way later on, you'll be open to what it is that he has to say. And then a year later, whenever that revelation came, it was right. We were so comfortable. we were not going to change anything. He changed it up. And then big things happened for us, you know, building into that next year. When I went back to him, I was like, thank you for saying what it is that you say. He's like, I don't, that wasn't me. That was the spirit. Cause I don't even remember saying that. He said, now that you told me about it, I, I, I remember that conversation he said, that wasn't me talking to you. That was just the spirit talking through me. It was what I had to hear at the moment to stop me from, because I was in a spin. I was panic, upset, angry, mad, all of those things <laughs> all wrapped up together, which is why I went to him, because I knew it was not going to go good if I kept in that place. And I knew that with him being my mentor in the business, that he would be able to help me at least be able to kind of wrap my arms around the situation. And then here it is that God speaks through him and he doesn't even remember he was just open enough to be able to allow the spirit to channel through him. And then he's like, wow, I remember that conversation. I remember the context of it, but he said, I can't take credit for that one because that was just God speaking through me at that moment on what it is that you needed to hear. So, yeah, absolutely. I do believe, like you said, that he speaks to you through other people, but he also speaks through you through situations working out the way that he has it planned. Uh, so I learned whenever I pray to him and I'm having a conversation with him, I'm not having a conversation like, so God, how are things going? Crickets, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, It's not that kind of conversation. It's more of a me, uh, kind of like how it is that we pray. I mean, you've seen this. I give gratitude for the blessings it is that he's bestowed upon me. I tell him what's on my heart. What it is that I need to confess to and ask for forgiveness, and then I tell him what it is that I want, the route that I see us going, and please lead me and lead my steps where it is that you want me to go, and ask for confirmation and signs that this where I want to go is where it is that you want me to go and need me to go, and then I'm just open to what happens after that, and that's my conversation, my talking to him. As I talk to him, like he's a friend, but I don't talk to him expecting an immediate response because I don't think it works that way.
1: Sure, one of the uh, one of the things that I have to remind myself of, I went to a um, Day of Prayer Rotary meeting years and years ago, and they gave everybody who came a cup, and it had the uh, quotation on there, be still
0: and know that I am God. Uh, One of my favorites.
1: Yes. And so basically, you can take that in what we're talking about today and say, be still so that you can hear what I am saying and know that I am God. Love that. I have, I have this tendency, my default tendency, if I don't rein it back in, which is immature, I've, I do it less now that I'm older, is that, I know we have talked about before, my dad gave me mm, 21 rules of conducting your life. And one of those rules was, get off the bench, do something, you know, attack it. We can always correct going forward. So zigzag, 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 which can be inefficient. You can, you know, waste resources and that kind of stuff, as opposed to sitting back, thinking about it, waiting for some kind of well-received spiritual answer and say, well, instead of running off in that direction, I should be headed over in this direction. At least that's closer to my goal. And it was prompted by, uh, it's, it's good to share this. One of my dad's favorite jokes was about this uh, Irishman who every year prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed to win the Irish lottery, which was a big deal back then. And after about the third year, when asked to do it, uh, the, the, guy, the Irishman got a response from God. The clouds parted and then his voice came up and says, Seamus, this year, work with me. Buy a ticket.
0: so yeah i think you're right there's a balance like action action versus prayer right you can't just sit and pray that god's going to intercede if you're not doing your part but then again if we push too hard and i've learned this in my businesses that i've had if we push too hard and don't stay open to what he wants us to do then we start implementing our will like we get, it's the whole uh, letting God take the wheel, right? So we let God take the wheel and he gets us on the right track. And then we're like, we grab it back. We're like, I got this from here, God. Thank you for that, that boost. Thank you for getting me out of the storm in the ship. I got it now because it's open seas. And then as soon as you hit another storm, you take your hands off. You're like, God, take the wheel again. <laughs> I'm lost. And then as soon as you get out of the storm, you're like, thanks, God. I appreciate it. You grab the wheel back. You try it. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's like, at what point are you going to allow God to have the wheel, both in the good times and in the bad times, or are you going to try and steer the ship whenever it is that you think that you got this?
1: Yeah. And then you get the message. I said to steer to Gibraltar, not the Bahamas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you keep on steering back into the storm. I'll trying to take you away from it. When are we going to stop having this game? <laughs> and so, yeah. So that, I, we speak in analogies that you can probably tell. At the end of the day, again, like I said, it's just about really finding that and searching and longing for that personal relationship. And then, working towards it, and starting off by something as simple as speaking to God, like speaking to God about what it is that you want the heavy things that are on your your mind, I think it 's also very relieving to be able to take your stresses, your burdens that you can 't really tell or talk about with other, anybody else and know that whenever you give them to God, He forgives you, you ask for forgiveness, and he forgives you on them and we talked to, we talked about in another podcast, the difference between sinning and then sinning again and keep on sinning, right? Uh, Versus asking for forgiveness and really working towards changing things in your life. And when you do that, I think God smiles upon that and really starts putting the the ways that you can, uh, you know, follow his path in your life. Sure. And before we both forget,
1: you had uh, told me that you found uh, an article. You also had some uh, verses for me that addressed this issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'll put the article inside of our Facebook page. So make sure it is that you look up the Techie and the Cowboy on Facebook. Uh, So that way it is that you can, and I'll put it there, but I love it because it talked about how it is that you actually create a personal relationship with God. And and what it does is it goes through what we need to know about God, what's wrong with us, what did God do for us? What do we need to do? But one of the scriptures in there, that bookmark, it says, God wants us to know him. The Bible says that work in everyone's life. And the scripture it uses Acts seventeen twenty seven, so that they should seek the Lord and hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, and though He's not far from each of us. In other words, God is there; it's us that moved. Once it is that you start looking for Him, you find that He's always been there, and that's where that relationship really, really begins. And then the other one is God loved us even if we haven't loved Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And that's First John four ten, and that's remembering that God is love. God loves you no matter what. It's not a love based on what it is that you do. You can't go and do a whole bunch of stuff to make God love you more. And you can't do a whole bunch of bad things. that's going to make God love you less. He loves you no matter what. And I think that's a perfect place to be able to, to end this podcast. So this is Alistair Hunt, the techie signing off. And this is T.W. Lawrence, the cowboy. Make sure it is that you follow us on social media. Make sure it is that you subscribe to the podcast. That's the most important thing because we want you to be able to get notifications every time that we drop a new episode. And now it's time to kick that country cowboy outro music.
1: That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and the Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.